And we're going to and have been touching on different subjects. Some of them are psychological, but in essence, it always goes back to spiritual. And when we understand that God lives in us, we understand that victory is there, then all pain, all sickness, all disease, anything that is hindering you from attaining the very things God's called you to, Jesus Christ has, had, has won victory over that. And the thing that we have to do is we have to get to a place in our life that we finally say, this stuff is true. And I'm not saying that we haven't. But I'm just really, un- really understanding what God is speaking to us and in the end of this year and the beginning of next year is God's telling us that this is a done deal, that what Jesus did, it's a done deal. And what we have to do is understand what he did and understanding what he did, then we can walk in the victory because it is already ours. And the first thing that comes immediately when I stand up here and say some of this, some of you are hearing Voices, and I'm not talking about wrong, I'm talking about you hearing a voice in your heart saying, hey, there's something wrong with you because you've prayed, you believed, and it hasn't left you. And I'm telling you, that is a lie. That's a false prophet speaking and proclaiming something to you. I am getting to the place in, uh, yeah, this Thursday I'll be 61, but I am getting to the place that from the very beginning when, when I began ministry, it was junior high and, and running youth camps and doing the different things that I did and proclaiming and seeing young people that were trying to find their identity. But in essence, what I'm finding is the same thing has been going on in 1979 that is going on here in 2018. Is that the enemy is proclaiming, making proclamations that are false, that are telling you that, that you are worthless and you can't do this thing. You just might as well cope with it because it will never change. And I'm telling you today, God is doing it. There's something new happening in this place. Amen. We have been brainwashed by the news. We've been brainwashed by our movies. We've been brainwashed by our music that is not godly. Amen. And we've been brainwashed to the place of believing something that's not true. We have, we have been brainwashed into coping and brainwashed into standing for nothing. And God is saying right now in Jesus' name, I, wanna, I just want to tell you there is something new, something amazing God is doing. And what God is releasing something. God is releasing something that is so powerful, that is so real, not that it always hasn't been there. It's something that is, he is doing, I'm going to say it this way, he's doing a double duty on every one of us, and he is saying, I got something planned in the near future, and I need you to be where I want you to be. I need you to believe how I want you to believe. I need you to become exactly what I've called you to become because I'm doing a new thing. In the beginning of the latter days, he is going to pour out a spirit, and it's happening right now. 
He's pouring out his spirit on you and me. And it is something real. It is, I want to tell you, but there are things that the enemy has done for centuries and millennials. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about thousands of years. And he has put certain specific things in our lives that have become roadblocks. Even though we know it, we're running into walls. Even though we know that God heals us, we're running into walls. And it's not because we're, we're just wanting to make wrong choices or wanting to believe something. No, these things are happening on a minute-by-minute basis, on a second-by-second basis, on a day-to-day basis where he is just trying to pierce into your heart and allow you to live by the soulish aspect of your life, and then there's roadblocks, and we can't get past it, and we're wondering why God's not doing it. I want to tell you, God has already done it. It's a done deal. When you pray, God, will you do it? We're always praying, God, do it, do it, do it. He's saying, I've already done it, I've already done it, I've already done it. Being an overcomer. Last week, we learned this. Jesus showed his love to us by going to the cross, not to give us an ability to cope, but he died on the cross to give us an ability to conquer. Every area of your life, wherever you are at in your life, whatever pain you feel, emotionally, physically, let me tell you, Jesus died for that so that you will conquer that very thing. You will move past that roadblock. In Isaiah 53, the scripture we read last week, says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by man. Today we're going to talk about God's answer to rejection. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. But all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Scripture tells us that Jesus took our sickness. Let me just tell you something. It's not ours. It is not our sickness. He took pain and sorrow. Pain and sorrow is not ours. It's not ours to cope with. It's not ours that it's just something we're just going to live with. must be God's plan. God's plan was to remove it. And he did. And Jesus suffered rejection like we have, but so that we can overcome rejection. Rejection will take place because as long as you have sin on this earth, you will have rejection that takes place. 
From birth to death, Jesus was rejected, but it never affected Jesus' decision-making. If any of you ever had where you, you were rejected, you got hurt, but then you had to make a major decision in your life. And you had to choose not to allow how hurt you were to guide your decision-making. But in many instances, mankind are guided by the pain of rejection. And they make decisions based out of rejection. When you were created, it was out of love. God is love. Last week, we gave you three unhealthy ways to respond to rejection. And today, we're going to give you how do you overcome this rejection God's way or God's answer to rejection. Rejection will be there, but here's my answer to you. This is how you move through it, not how you cope with it, not how you understand it. This is how you move through it. This is how you overcome rejection. First, we must base our or your life on God's perfect love. Everything that you do, everything that you become, you must base it on God's perfect love and what his word has to say about you. In many instances, we are proclaiming out of our minds and our hearts and we are serving God, we're worshiping God, we're doing all the right things But what we must recognize is that everything that you are out of love, every gift you have, every ability you have, everything that you are was created out of love, and because it's created out of love, you are love. And you respond to everything by love. But what we want to do is we want to respond to everything by a principle of rejection, or the false proclamation of rejection. And we must base everything on his perfect love and what his word has to say about us. Folks, I don't know who hates you, but there is one who loves you, and that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's what you need to base every thought you have in life. When you face rejection, when you face hatred, when you face things, it's not how do you respond to it with the same hatred and the same stuff that goes on. You respond to it through love. And sometimes you respond to it with love by walking away. You must understand the only thing that got Jesus through what he had to face And the rejection that he faced was God's love. Regardless of who rejected him, he knew the Father loved him. You must know the love of the Father. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? 
you dethrone man in your life and you put Jesus on the throne. Man has no authority over you, what they say, what they do. Because the kingdom of God is within you, and Jesus said, I will not leave you. Now, let me explain that scripture. It says God will not physically reject you only. He will never turn his heart away. See, it's not about that he's, he's just not going to reject you. He says, I will not reject you, but he will not turn his heart away from you. <clears throat> that is the answer to people's problems. Because he said, I will not forsake you, means to turn your heart away. People have turned their heart away from the love of God. And because they turn their heart away from the love of God, then what happens is rejection rises up. Because when our heart was won by God and we became born again, then our heart was molded and shaped into a heart that can understand and relay the things of the Lord and walk in the love of God. You and I can live a life of love and compassion in the midst of hatred and racism and false prophets. You and I can win in everything. God promises there will never be a time in all eternity, eternity that he will ever turn his heart from you and reject you. Let me just tell you, Everybody that will go to hell for eternity, God did not reject them. God loved them into hell. They rejected him. And you, you have to see this. That's why people, why would God do this? Why would God send hurricanes? Why would God does not reject? God does not bring evil to mankind. When sin came into this world, that's when all of this has taken place. And we must understand, people go to hell because they reject the love of God. <clears throat> God was pursuing them as much as he was pursuing you. And it breaks his heart. Ephesians 1, verse 5 and 6. Having predestined us to adoption as sons... By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You didn't get there because you got gooder. You got there because he made you accepted. You are God's family, and it's the most secure family on the planet, the family of God. God's family is a family of acceptance. And we have full rights as a family member to walk in health, to walk in the prosperity of the Lord, to walk in peace. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous stirs, grievous words stir up anger. It's wonderful seeing you write notes, but listen very closely. We are, but we must get better at honoring in the church. 
dishonor should be the most difficult, evil thing that we see and desire not to be around it or a part of it. Dishonor. When people walk in these doors, we need to see daughters and sons of God. When we walk in these doors, we should see, because you are honoring people outside the church, we should see people who have been dishonored and rejected all their life, and they're seeking God, and you, they saw God in you because you're honoring, and they come in this church, and they get born again, and they're part of the family no matter where they've been, what they've done, and they're accepted in the beloved because when you become born again, you are recreated and made accepted. You are made accepted. Hmm. Let's be a church of honor. Jesus said in John 6, 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no, no means cast out. God's, the Father has given me all these things, And I will by no means cast you out. The word cast out means to reject. Psalm 107 verse 20 says this. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Over and over and over and over, I've seen beaten down, rejected people turn to God. Then I've seen them transformed. I've seen their lives change. I've seen their families change. Why? Because of this powerful, amazing thing that God does making us people of love. Love conquers everything. I'm telling you that God adores you. I'm telling you that God just absolutely overwhelmingly, no matter where you've been yesterday, last week, last year, last decade, no matter where you've been, God absolutely adores you. Stop looking at your sin and thinking God's got an attitude towards you. The only attitude he has is love because God is love. He cannot look upon sin. So it's up to us not to reject him by when we sin, confessing those sins before God, 1 John 1, 9. I mean, Paul said, you know, just because we have this amazing grace doesn't mean that we just go out and do whatever we want to do. God forbid, he says. He said, but you must understand this powerful grace. You must understand this. But the same way we feel because of rejection about ourselves is a lot of times how we respond to others. We feel dishonored. You know, at times, you know, someone walks by you. Well, they didn't say hi. Who cares? Do you actually need someone to say hi for you to feel good that day? I mean, really. See, that is a spirit of rejection. A prophet, a false prophet, pointing out everybody's faults because you're falling apart yourself. 
Why are we falling apart? Because we're not seeing and experiencing the love of God. I get that sometimes. People come in my office. Do you remember two years ago? No, I don't. Do you remember two years ago, you were standing in the foyer and I walked by and you didn't say hi to me. You have something against me? I want to say my flesh. Yeah, I do now. You know, I might have been listening to someone whose mom has cancer and has been given a month to, to live. I might have just walked away from someone who just told me that their son committed suicide. Last couple of weeks, we've been in contact with a family in North Carolina that their daughter, 18 years of age, killed herself. And you're, you're on the phone and, <clears throat> and you walk away and then someone's concerned about if you're saying hi to them. Really? You see, the reality is this, is a lot of times church has gotten so into being politically correct and trying to be the nice-nice, the correction can't take place. If correction takes place from the pulpit, you got people that are angry. If corrections takes place in the, in the learning center, people get angry, and they gather up in their rejection circle. Am I being too hard here? Are you with me here? Okay, so, so the thing is, I don't expect Oscar, whose heart is to pray for the sick, is to pray and lead people to Jesus and go across the street to the, to the a home across the street, and minister to people who are, <clears throat> have no family. I don't expect him, when he drives up, parks his car, and goes over there and does the things that he does, to come in my office, knock on the door, and say, I just want to tell you I love you, and close the door. He's in ministry. He's ministering the body of Christ. He is walking in the things that God's called him to. Now, if he comes in and says, hi, I say, hey, come on in. But the reality is, is we have to get to the place where we stop living what the world lives in the church. We need to honor. We need to honor. Smile at your neighbor and say, you're pretty cool. Let's go ahead and say that. Again, I'm telling you, God adores you. Have you ever heard a voice that says God rejected you? That's demonic. Take authority and cast it out or reject it. That's how you treat rejection. The second point of God's answer to rejection is pursue relationships with fellow believers who are pursuing God and healthy relationships. I didn't say walk around with blinders and only Christian, only Christian. Literally, we should be around non-believers a lot. 
But to be friends and close, you need people who believe the same way. If you choose the wrong friends, it will break your heart. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. We're not talking about that if you're a friend, we just kumbaya and sing by the campfire, throw pine cones in the fire, that's showing my age. But we're talking about you begin to walk in a love of people. And when people hurt, when people do things, and maybe they sin, or maybe that you are there as a friend, you are there, you stand with them. You don't agree with what they did, but you're there. And you say, I love you, and I will be there for you. But I don't agree with this, but I love you. And you know I will always be there. That's what it's talking about. A brother is born for adversity. When I was in high school, I had the privilege of playing sports. And sports was huge, huge, huge in my high school. And in our school in Michigan, because in January it can get down to 40, 50 below zero, that all the school is inside, not like in California where, you know, they get out of the classroom and they're walking outside. Well, you don't do that. Everything's inside. But in the schools, what you had were these large sections, areas of large windows, and then you had seating at the base of the window so that people would sit. Well, just, you know, you know how you are when you're a person. <laughs> you gather together with people of like things. And so what we had was these windows were 30, 40, 50 feet long, and you'd sit there. And so you'd have the athlete's window. You'd have the brainiac window. You'd have the druggy window. You'd have the cheerleader window. You know, I, and even at that time, I really kind of hated that. I did belong. I was an athlete. I sat a lot at the jock window. But I w- would walk around, and I'd hang out with a lot of the different people. And one of my favorite windows was a druggy window. I'm just pausing there, just to get your mind trying to wrap around that. I didn't take drugs. Drugs save, uh, athletics saved me from drugs because when I went to school, there was a lot of drugs in school. My senior year, myself and a few of my athletic or jock friends um, would go over to the druggie uh, window a lot and we'd talk to a young man, um, our age, of course, young man, his name was Lawrence. And Lawrence was hooked on drugs. He would have acid trips and all kinds of things um, while we were in school. And so we just decided that we would always find Lawrence. We would talk to the parents. We would just find Lawrence when he came to school. And we'd make sure he'd get to his classes. Sometimes he didn't know where he was. So, you know, Tony Olivato, he was 6'3", 6'4". He weighed about, you know, 240 at that time, muscular. He would just pick Lawrence up and carry him to class if he couldn't walk. But, um, you know, the reality is we, we would go and, and take him and we helped him and he graduated. 
Lawrence did pass away at age 25, though, because of drugs. What I am saying to you is, is that we have to be a people that really know who we are and really go by the love of God. And, and it was amazing because even at that time, I wasn't really serving the Lord, but I knew it. I understood it. I, I recognized that truth. But let me give you uh, this. I'm just not going to pedal harder, <laughs> and if I have to, to get you to like me, it's okay if you don't like me. I said that in that way because I, I want you to see that it's a process. And so you have to recognize that there are, there are some times that we are always running around trying to get everybody to like us and someone that doesn't like us, someone that's, uh, we're trying to get them to like us. We're going to do anything and everything to get them to like us. Stop. Just don't do it. Move forward. Love them when they're around. Be gracious when they're around. But stop. They're not going to like you. I learned a long time ago as a pastor, there's some people that just won't like me. I can do the most righteous, godly, biblical, legal things, and people will reject me. You could do the greatest right thing, and people will reject you. And, but you want them to like you. You want them to, to stop. There are friends that are destroying you. And that's what I'm trying to tell you, is we have to get to a place that Christian people are the most wonderful people on the earth. And when I became a Christian, I lost all my friends I had. But today, I have amazing friends, and some others don't like me. Because that's what life is. I mean, you can have the wrong shoes on and they hate you for it. And the reason is because they are living a life of rejection. And they're trying to protect themselves. Now, at this point, I wrote in my notes. I said, say this. I am touching on some areas in some of your lives that's making you uncomfortable. But I'm asking you to see past it, what you're feeling, and see the love of God. And see God in the midst of what you're hearing right now, what you're experiencing right now. What the Lord is doing, he is breaking down bondages that we have held on to, coped with, and thought it was God's will. And I'm telling you, you have a life that's so far greater than you could ever ask or think. I have friends that love me not for my looks, my position, or even what I do for them, because that's the way Jesus is. They love me. Be careful of the friends you choose. You want friends that love God. You want friends that have the same values. 
cracks me up. You hear all the time today. Well, that's not our values. Well, what is your value? <laughs> I'm not going to hang around you if your value is, I won't name those things. See, you need friends that accept you the way you are. Now, you can take that wrong. I'm not saying that they don't encourage you to be a better person. I'm not saying they accept sin and they cope with you just the way you are. No, I'm saying that on your worst day, they stand with you. But they don't fall into your category. They don't fall into your stuff. They stand with you and they say, I am with you. That's what mentoring is. That's what honor is. Did you know honor also corrects? You love people. You know who they are. And there are times that I will say to people, that's not who you are. I didn't tell them they were wrong. I said, that's not who you are. Because who you are is this. But we get to a place where, where because we don't see what Jesus did, we are more than a conqueror. We don't look at life in that way. We begin to fall and get into categories. We get to those windows. Whether it's the jocks, whether it's the, the brainiacs, whatever, we get into those windows and that's just where we're at. No, God's got greater things for you. That's why a lot of times I'm, this morning I got many text messages from truck drivers. One was in Oregon and one was in Arizona. And love you, pastor, just know I'm out of town, I'm working, you know, but let me tell you, and they tell me about leading someone to the Lord or they prayed for someone at a restaurant. That's what we're talking about. You are a child of God. You are a son or a daughter of God. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can have victory. You can win if you'll understand that the enemy has used rejection to bring blockades in your life. See, a friend loves at all times. My third point, and I got to be quick here. Expect rejection and don't take it so personally. Because rejection will happen. Jesus said in Luke 6, 26, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. Iron sharpens iron. Luke 6, verse 22 and 23 says, Blessed are you when men hate you. <laughs> Jeez, Lord. You know, and when they exclude you and revile you and cast you out your name as evil. For the Son of Man's sake, Re rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For indeed your reward is great in heaven, for in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. Let me tell you something very important. I, as your pastor, will always stand for the word of God. And society hates the word. Did you know that even Christians hate it when we pray for the sick? Because they, refill, they feel rejected by God because they were prayed for and they didn't get well. Or someone they prayed for died. They feel rejected by God and they hate it when we pray for the sick. Because a spirit of rejection wants to drive into you and say, this is how it is. This 
is how I'm going to treat people. This is what I'm going to do if this happens. And I want to tell you, you've been deceived. You still with me, church? There are some who have been PC, politically correct, so people will like them. As I stand before you representing the staff, as long as I am pastor here, I will preach the truth. I don't like it when I am rejected, but I know it's going to happen. So let me explain something to help you now. Our thoughts betray us. We set up unrealistic expectations which set us up for rejection. We do that all the time. We're going to go and work hard at work. We're going to come early. We're going to stay late because I know my boss is really going to say a kind word to me. But the boss you have is not going to ever say a kind word because they live in rejection. So you set it up, you do it, you do it, you do it, you do it, and after a few months, you're angry, you want to quit, you want to leave it and go find another job because your boss didn't do what you expected him to do. Here's, here's my point. The reason why you go in early, the reason why you stay late, the reason why you're doing the greatest job than anyone around you is because you're a child of God and you serve God and you do it for Jesus. And Jesus is going to tell you, well done. Amen? And, and that's, that's the point. And that's why, and what do we do? Well, I'll show them I'll quit my job. <laughs> you quit your job and what happens? You can't pay your rent. You can't do these things. I want to tell you, you get to that place that you are led of the Holy Spirit, not led of your flesh or led of rejection. We set up unrealistic expectations. Well, here's another one like this. Everyone will like me. Are you kidding me? Not everyone's going to like you. I don't care how likable you are. Let me tell you, I'm so likable, but there's some people who don't like me. That's supposed to be a joke, right? Matter of fact, I don't care how good you smell, some won't like you. Well, let's look at this one. Life will be easy. No, it won't. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, John 16, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That in me you will have peace. You let the kingdom of God rule in your life. You walk in love. You will have peace. In the world there will be tribulation and chaos all over. But in you you'll have peace. Why? Because you know, you know, you know that Jesus overcame the world. See, we have the same problems as the world, but we have a better solution, and his name is Jesus. Another toxic thought, everyone will treat me well. No, they won't. <laughs> Here's my last point, how to deal with rejection. Forgive those who reject you and give them God's love and acceptance in return. 
When you give people God's love, you don't lay on the ground and let them kick you around. Everyone understand that? But when you give God's love, the reason why you're giving God's love is because you're a person of love. Second of all is because you don't want it to come back to you. You don't want their trash all over you. You don't want to smell like them. You don't smell like them because you don't act the same way. You don't treat them the same way that they treated you. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up, I'm going to say it, the poop. Forgive those who reject you and give them God's love and acceptance in return. Luke 6. But I say to you here, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also, and then knock him out. No, that's not what it says. (laughs) And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Go ahead. What you have done is not going to rule my life. How you have rejected me, how you have hurt me, is not going to rule my life. It's yours. It's all right. You got it, because I'm moving on with Jesus. We need to get off the defense and get on the offense, the offense of love. You know, sometimes we hide behind our walls and stay clear of the rejectors. That stops you from attaining God's will. When you deal with rejection God's way, you don't set yourself up foolishly. I will live my life so you will know the love of God. That's the reason why you do it. You don't do it for them to respond, oh, you're so wonderful. You get people, I get people, you know, periodically, not often, but people, I love you, Pastor. And I'll go, I love you too. And the next day they reject me because I didn't say hi to them. If you're my enemy, I will love you. (laughs) Let me say this. If you think we love you because of your looks, when gravity and time takes over, I will still love you. Amen? It's not your status. It's not your intelligence. It's not your money. Well, you know, uh, pastor is around that person because they got money. Stop it. Rich people need Jesus too. It is the fact you were created in the image and likeness of God and you're lovable. You're special, you're valuable, you're unique, and God is in you, and you deserve to be loved. I will not hide and cower to rejection. And I want to say to you, do not hide and cower from rejection anymore. Don't you allow people to take you in their ditch. You reach out and help. The old story, the donkey from getting out of the, on the Sabbath. But you reach down and you grab them, but you bring them on your road. Don't you go down into their road. Hate and evil and sin. Don't you go on that road of unforgiveness 
and being offended. Did you know what so-and-so did? Who cares? Don't get in those groups. Don't join arm-in-arm with people that are complaining all the time. There are going to be people that complain. What do you do? You love them. Bring them on your road. Well, they stop complaining. How do they stop complaining? Is by understanding what you understand, that Jesus Christ overcame it. Let's all stand. I wanted you to stand because I wanted you to see this. I will again live my life where the world sees the love of God. When people see the love of God in you, that's when you have defeated rejection. 